Emily Penrod, and Dr. Jeffrey Knight is with us again. He is with True North Chiropractic and Wellness Center in Kaysville. Dr. Jeff, welcome. Hey there, Emily. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me and looking forward to uh, discussing and sharing some insight on the topic today of brain detox. I am too. I Go ahead. Can start by explaining what it is. You bet. So I think everyone's heard of detox um, and doing a detox or a cleanse of some sort. I mean, there's a lot of those things that are in vogue. You know, you could go to your local Whole Foods store and probably find something that says, you know, a 10-day cleanse or a 21-day detox. I wish it was that easy. Uh, but, um, but those are some play- things that aren't necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily getting upstream to where we really need to get. So when, when most people talk about detox or think of detox, you know, they're really focusing more on like the liver, on your kidneys, on your gut, you know, your intestines. Sometimes maybe it's the lymphatic system. And those are all crucial and necessary and important things that we want to make sure to remove any potential toxins or interference that, that isn't allowing those parts of the body to function as good as they should. But the key, one of the key things is people are not getting upstream to the cellular level and they're not getting upstream to detoxing the brain. And this is where so many of the challenges and problems that people are faced with, including autism, are, are finding that if we can start to remove toxins from that level, um, how powerful it can be. So that's uh, kind of gives you a little bit of uh, insight as far as where we're going to go with this. It does. It does. So that's your goal. That's what it is now. And, and it can't be accomplished in one of those 10-day cleanses. Right. No, and, and to be completely transparent with you and with anyone listening, in order to truly successfully and effectively detox the body, it can take months, if not years, for some people to fully remove all the toxins. And when I'm talking about toxins, here's some of the main ones that, um, that I found and that my colleagues have found that are culprits and uh, affecting the brain and the cellular health and hormones and all that. So mercury is a big one. Uh, mercury, uh, the highest um, form of mercury that we get exposed to is through dental work. So anyone that has had a silver filling that actually the silver filling is made up of 50% of it is mercury. And each time you take a bite or drink a hot fluid, um, it emits gas and it can settle into your brain. So dental fillings are huge. In fact, there was a study done in Europe called the DRASH study. And this study actually did um, uh, a study noticing the, the connection between the number of silver fillings in the mother's mouth had a, a direct connection to how much mercury was in their child's brain. Oh. And they did a study on autopsies of, of children that, that died, and they saw a correct correlation between mercury in the brain with how many silver fillings were in the mom's mouth. So this means that moms are the, mo- are the glue of our families, right? They're the most important part um, of family, in my opinion. But unfortunately, they can sometimes pass things that aren't always wanted to children through the pregnancy and birthing process. Another common toxin that can be passed is lead. So lead gets stored in the bones, 
And that can actually, as a baby is developing, a mother's bones will actually break down some of the bone and take some of the bone um, and the minerals to feed the baby. But unfortunately, that means that sometimes there's lead that comes along with it. And so some of these toxins can be passed for generations. So there was a biologist named Michael Skinner who did a study, and this was all done on, on mice, and uh, I think it was mice, or maybe it was rats. But he, he found a connection where if great-grandma had certain toxic levels, well, she could pass it to the next generation, which then could pass that same toxic burden to her, her daughter or son, and then pass it to the next generation, so four generations. So I could be... I, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yes. So I could be carrying around some toxins that came from my great grandma, possibly. And, and what's crazy is we're living in a more toxic world as time goes on. So, so the, the challenging thing, and this can be sometimes connected to why some kids get autism and why they might be more sensitive to certain things so early on is, unfortunately, they're coming to this earth with some toxins that they've, they've received from mom potentially. So um, that could, like I said, silver fillings, lead is a big one. Um, of course, there's uh, aluminum and mercury are found in all vaccines. And so be a toxic burden or, or toxic load, even from uh, the aluminum or mercury in a vaccine that can actually send things over the top. So it can be a, a trigger that can set things off and just create chaos. And I've seen this happen in my office where parents have reported saying, you know, everything was great until, you know, we had that shot at this time, at this, you know, at the four month mark or the 18 month mark. And I'm not saying that vaccines are the cause of all this, but as you can see, this can just, if you have a child that's already predisposed with certain toxins or maybe their immune system was definitely uh, bombarded with different things because even being born premature, I mean, their immune system is so fragile. And so it, it can definitely take, you know, time to really develop and grow and be in a place where they're able to be supported on their own. So then you introduce a toxic load, and especially with the way the vaccine schedule has really increased the number of vaccines compared to when I was a kid back in the 80s. It's incredible. And so you know, unfortunately, a lot of these kids are just taking on a huge burden of toxins. Everything they've inherited. You know, I was thinking, oh, we're safe now. We don't use lead-based paint. But right. if, but our great-grandparents did, our grandparents did. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And so, you know, and there, there's other studies, too, where it's shown lead in the brain of, um, from, of babies. And, uh, and it's just uh, incredible, the connection. So, so yeah, it can just put us in a vulnerable position. And so um, these are some of the things that when I'm talking about detoxing the brain, this is what I'm talking about, where we're going to try to get all those heavy metals out and we're going to try to get potentially, you know, there can be even mold or maybe there's some fungal um, connections. There can also be um, not necessarily always in the brain, but down in like the digestive system, in the liver, in the kidneys. Um, the lungs, there can be parasites. And so this is even something that would be part of detoxing the body. But as far as like the brain goes, you know, you have to set the body up for success. If I were to try and detox an autistic child, 
um, right away and go straight for the brain, I'd probably create a lot more bad than good. <laughs> and so there's a process of time that I take my patients and my clients through where we prep the body, we get the body ready to open up the downstream pathways. And those downstream pathways are some of the ones we've briefly mentioned, which is the liver, you know, the kidney, the colon and the intestines, um, the lymphatic system. So if we can help open those things up, then when we start to pull those toxins out of the body, out of deeper tissues and out of the brain, then those things are more prone to be able to leave and be eliminated from the body. A key piece of all that though too is making sure we're using a really good binder. And so, cause once you mobilize some of these heavy metals or these toxins, if you don't have a good binder, unfortunately those toxins can be redistributed to the body and basically, it's kind of like playing musical chairs. <laughs> Explain what you mean by a binder. So, yeah, a binder would be, so this would be in a form of like a supplement that I, I give my patients. And um, so like you've probably heard of activated charcoal. Um, so that's something, there's some other ingredients in the, um, in the binding agent like fulvic acid. And there's, there's other things too that are really powerful binders. I, I don't remember all the ingredients off the top of my head. I'd have to look at the bottle. So, so the metals adhere to the supplement, the activated charcoal. Well, that's part one, one ingredient. I wouldn't say that's the only um, piece. It's just one, one piece of the puzzle though. Mm -hmm. There's other, other supplements that we'll use that actually kind of go in and scour the brain and really grab those toxins and pull them out. And then the binder actually sits in the, in the gut. And that's where it acts like a catcher's mitt, where it just collects it, grabs it, and holds on to it, and then makes sure it gets out into the toilet. So that's kind of where it's, it's a strategy. And I would never encourage anyone to try to do a brain detox on their own because everyone is so different. I mean, all the autistic kids that I, I work with, there's different dosing that we do. There's different cycles that we do. We'll do some things that we call on cycles versus off cycles where we introduce some supplements to really try to go deeper and then we give them a break because the body can't handle too much detox all the time. And so it's important that we give the body a little bit of a break or else it'll get burnt out and it'll just get overwhelmed. But the fascinating thing is there's safe and effective ways to actually detox the brain. And, and this was something that when I learned about this, I immediately said, I need to know how to do that because I knew that if I can help um, an autistic child and their family detox their brain, how much that could make a difference in the life of that child. And, and what's neat is we're seeing in my office some changes in some of these kids that are pretty phenomenal some of these kids that have been diagnosed with autism since they were like one or two years old and they've been battling and doing a lot of good coping strategies such as different therapies and different um, you know speech therapy occupational therapy ABA therapy all of that which is really good and helpful but it's more kind of coping and, and it, I totally support those therapies but it's like, hey, if we can do something that can actually help improve this child's behavior, improve their mood, improve their communication, improve their ability to sleep, improve their ab ability to not be so picky and a fussy eater, that's kind of what I'm interested in. And I want to help create that peace of mind, that freedom for families. So, Because I know when I serve an autistic child, 
I'm not just serving that child. I'm serving mom, dad, and brother and sister and the whole family. And it just takes such a load where it makes life so much easier. And that's some of the reports that we're getting as we're going through this process. Are you seeing, like, you, you mentioned ability to communicate? Yeah, yeah. So, for example, um, just, in, you know, one of our patients, he's a 10-year-old autistic boy. We've been working with him. We started doing mostly chiropractic techniques originally. And then just in the last um, six months, we started doing the detox. And so some of the things that his parents have noticed is um, as far as behavior, he, he definitely is now recognizing his little sister. They play together now. They interact with one another where before he would just play in his own little world. He, his communication and his sentence structure has increased in a huge way where he's speaking more words. Um, just the other day, they said, yeah, he's now saying the word binocular. And, and he jokingly said, I want to go to Stevens Henniger College and uh, open a toy store. So he's speaking in more complete sentences where before it was more just words here and there. He's definitely, you know, interacting with people better. And, you know, eye contact definitely has improved. And there's still, still some room for improvement with this child, but, but we're seeing some neat things. And, and he goes to a school where he gets um, daily reports as far as behavior and if he was on task and things like that. Before we started this brain detox, he would average maybe 70 to 75 points out of 100 every day. And, uh, and as far as since this school year has begun, which was uh, two months ago, he's been getting more consistently 100 out of 100 um, close to daily, if not daily, um, since the school year has begun with the reports that um, the teachers are giving him. So that's just one child. 100% and, of good behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah. So where he's just fully and, you know, engaged, he's not, uh, not teasing kids as much where I, I guess he would tease some kids before, you know, some other special needs kids. And, you know, and so there's just some really neat things. And in the, the words of his uh, father, um, he just said, you know, I can't put into words all the benefits that I've seen in the time that we've been working with, with you. So that is um, wonderful. And, and, and again, there's still work to be done. Like I said, it can take months, if not years, for some of these people. And so it's a patient but steady process. And, um, and as we go through it, you know, we'll, we'll see some great changes and really start to see some of these benefits. And, and that's, that's the, the goal that I have is I want to help this child to be able to grow up, become an adult, and contribute to society just like you and me. And I believe that's possible. I really do. And I think that's what parents want for their children. I agree 100%. I've worked with students with autism, and in many ways, they're, they're very bright. Their attention to detail is amazing. And I know there are some companies that actively recruit people with autism. So they have gifts to offer if they can manage those behaviors that alienate them from the rest of society. And it sounds like this treatment does that. Right. And, and it's very effective. Um, and, you know, when we get people and these parents, you know, committed and they see the vision and then of course, as they start to see the changes, then it's like, okay, now what, you know? And so, so it's just a, it's just a process and we're going through it one step at a time. And, uh, and it's been really neat because, you know, there's nothing I love to see more than 
a child thrive and a parent smile and saying, you know what? Dinner time's a lot easier now. I don't have to have dinner on the table at five o'clock every day or else my child will go crazy where now he's a little bit more laid back and he's just more happy and will eat when we eat. Or another parent of, of a different uh, patient said, my son has given me hugs and kisses way more now than he's ever done in, in the past, where he's more affectionate and he's more creative and he's more adventurous. So, and less frustration and less anger. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's those types of reports that just allow me to say, you know what, this is wonderful. And this is something that's great. And this is something I know parents want and need. And, and that's why I really have made this um, my, part of my mission to, to really help and seek out ways to help these families. Because I know that, I know, you know, number one, God expects that of me because I feel like this is definitely something he's, in a sense, called me to do. And so whatever I can do to help, and I'm going to continue to learn and, and grab more information as I go through this process that will allow us to even be even that more effective in a year from now. So, so this, is, uh, this is what I'm excited about and looking forward to. And I want to share this with you know, any family that has an autistic kid, but this can apply to children with sensory processing disorders or ADHD or, or um, OCDs or just behavioral issues in general. These are principles that can be applied across the board. And of course, a lot of parents, you know, they need this too, because there's some parents that have a lot of stress on their plate. And, uh, and if we can help kind of go through that process, find ways to eliminate those major stressors and remove it, such as those heavy metals or those toxins, that's huge. So yeah, it's, it's been really neat. That is huge. I would love to see Alzheimer's eradicated or at least limited. So basically your brain detox then you're you're using supplements, but it's your careful monitoring. Yeah. It's directing how the process. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, and that's because I've seen ways where kids will shift in a big way, or maybe they can get hypersensitive to one um, kind of phase of the detox. And so we have to kind of roll with the punches, basically. So it really is like we're on the tip of our toes, ready to see, okay, here's the dose and here's the supplement we want to use. But I want you to, you know, and I, and I coach parents through this. I say, if you notice this or that, then we might want to either increase the dose or we might want to decrease the dose. And so the, the goal is to be able to be compliant because here's the thing is if, if the parent's frustrated, well, if the child is frustrated, then the parent's going to be frustrated and then they won't be able to find the benefit of the detox. Yeah. And so that's where, that's where we have to be sometimes really slow and deliberate. Other kids actually can go through it a little faster than others. And so it's really understanding what is this child able to take on? How are they going to be able to respond to this? Maybe what are some specific targeted supplements we might need for them? And then, of course, there's some baseline like supplements that I use with everyone as far as targeted um, targeting the detox. But uh, again, dosage and frequency and all that is just very um, controlled and um, under, under uh, close uh, close watch. <laughs> how, how frequently do you see your patients then? 
So when we, when we start this detox, so there's an ability to do this virtually. So I, I actually will do stuff over the phone. I can actually send things to the, pa- the parents through the mail if that is easier for them and for me. I mean, it doesn't matter about me. It's more easier for them. But, uh, but then typically I'll connect with families and the patients twice a month where um, if they are able to come into the office, I would definitely encourage that because then we can utilize some of my chiropractic techniques that are more specialized to help with autistic kids and help with the brain and brain health and brain function. And then we can utilize those things in the office, which will just kind of, in a sense, it'll accelerate and support the whole process and allow us to even get a little bit further down the road um, with some of the benefits is it a deal breaker if they can't come in the office? No, um, it's not. Uh, they can still definitely find a ton of value just through um, me guiding them through the process, through coaching them either over the phone or through like a video conference type setting and then setting them up that way. And then, and then I interact with my, my clients very all the time. In fact, I, I allow them to have access to me and where they can reach me on, um, on a specialized app where they can, you know, video or excuse me, record um, a, a question or text me a message and I'll respond to them within 24 hours. If there's concerns or if there's a little bump in the road or any hiccups, or a lot of times some of the parents will just report good things that are going on too. So that's great. So you are easy to get a hold of. Yeah. That is really. And so, yes, this last piece, your specialized techniques. I am very interested, looking forward to hearing more about that next time. You bet. And one last thing, Emily, that I want to just emphasize with the, the clients that I do coach through this process is my goal is not just to treat your child, but to teach you so that you can know for yourself after the time we're done coaching that you have a better understanding and grasp as far as how to do this on your own. And that's where a lot of the value lies because treatments are one thing that can come and go. And then the question is after you're done with the treatment, it's like, well, then what? So this is where if I, I really want to just focus so much on teaching versus just treating. And when we do that, this gives the parents confidence. It allows them to be like, okay, I can handle this on my own. Or I can kind of take these steps and, and I notice the longer that I work with these families, the less they contact me because they are more confident in doing it with their child. And then there's just little tweaks that we make along the road as we go forward. So that reminds me of give a man a fish, you help him for a day, teach him how to fish. Yes. Help him for a lifetime. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. You bet. I love it. All right. Thank you so much. Dr. Dr. Knight, and we will talk to you next time. Great, Emily. Thank you.